Get your hands dirty with the Gardening Gang. Saturday mornings at 8 on Coast FM 963. The Gardening Gang today from Mingara Orchid Festival. Over the classic hits, Coast FM 963 with Pete Little and Cheryl and Darcy here this morning. We're at the Mingara Festival. It is the Festival of Flowers, well, better known as the Orchid Festival mm. and uh, Sale Day. Today, we were here last year. It was absolutely magnificent. And this year, we've just had a run-through in the sales and display room and we're blown away. Oh, it is magnificent. Good morning, Pete. I am almost breathless and voiceless over it. So we've been through the vendor room and I've emptied Pete's pockets out because he was, you know, taking some for the bride. I said, no, this is paying for things here. But honestly, <laughs> you will not see as many orchids as there are here. Lots of local vendors, lots of interstate vendors as well. There's, there's things from all over the world. But apart from that, there's another room which is the competition room and they overnight, all of the orchid judges judge judged, judged, judged the best of the best in orchids, and we've seen the it's champions. It's quite something, isn't it? Oh, you, you have to come and see these orchids. So it's here at the Mingara Recreation Club all weekend from 9am this morning. We've snuck in early, so we're, we're here before well, the people get I've in I've got here. a question for you, you mm-hmm. horticulturalist, you. Yes. What is the big deal about orchids? What is the distinguishing <laughs> feature between an orchid and yeah. a regular flower? What, what would you describe the, 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 the single most distinguishing feature of these plants? Probably the thing that a lot of people don't realise is they don't generally, they don't grow in the soil. There are some that grow in the soil, but, but very few. Most of them grow upon another, they're epitites, they're, they, they grow on another plant. And they're just, I don't know, they're just so otherworldly. No, they, they're bludgers, are they? <laughs> are they bludgeon plants? You know what? Can I just say, out of all, out of all of the garden-focused people out there, the orchid people take it very seriously, Pete. And they call it an addiction when you start loving orchids. You just start with one, and that's it. But they're just otherworldly. That's what it is. But well, there's no real distinction. It's just a type of plant. That's it. Grows a little bit differently. But they really have captured the imagination of people around the world. And we'll talk to some wonderful people who really know their orchids. Those in the game, mm. uh, right throughout the morning here at Coast FM for the next couple of hours we are here on behalf of Alan Graham's Caravans and RVs at Wyoming, our major sponsors, and also Doormaster Security Doors and Windows. And coming up, we've got a guy who's got a beautiful uh, orchid nursery up on the north coast, and we'll talk to Hans right after this song. From Coast FM, Pete Little and Sheldon Darcy today at Mingara for the Festival of... Orchids! Thank you very much. The Orchid uh, Festival this weekend. We've got Hans on the line now. Now, Hans has a little accent there, Cheryl. And do you know uh, what his background would be? Very similar to my dad's, I think. Hello, Hans. Hey, how are you going? We're wondering whereabouts you hail from with your accent. Germany. I it's thought not so. just Germany. Down south, uh, Swabian, which is sort of next to Bavaria. Hans is from the very well-known Dark Star Orchids, and they grow rare orchids. So, Hans, you've moved away from uh, Europe, and you're living on the north coast of New South Wales. Mm-hmm. So much better. Oh, so much better. Who would want to live in Europe? Full <laughs> of bloody Germans. <laughs> <laughs> now, where did your life become involved in the, uh, in the art of growing... These beautiful flowers. Uh, my partner got an orchid as a birthday present. 
And uh, I thought, what do we know about orchids? We're just going to kill it. <laughs> and then it flowered, and I was the one that got hooked. And I need to warn everyone, this orchid growing is highly addictive. Yes. Well, we can see Once that. Once you're hooked, you're stuck, you know. <laughs> People get, get addicted to alcohol or tobacco. They can go and get therapy. You get hooked on orchids, you're stuck for life. There's no therapy. No one, no one will help you. Well, what is the thing you had to come to terms with first? Because no doubt the Australian climate is pretty good for orchids. But uh, what mistakes did you make initially, Hans? Everyone there is. Okay, the top Absolutely three. Absolutely every, every mistake. <laughs> uh, Give us two or three. Uh, try to grow everything. Mm-hmm. You know, some things you just have to come to terms with that they don't fit into your conditions and you can't grow them. Uh-huh. And this is a mistake every beginner makes. The second one is probably you water them too much and you fuss and fiddle too much with them. Oh, no fussing and fiddling, eh? No fiddling. No fussing and fiddling. <laughs> well, you're, Hans, you're, you're well known for your exotic and rare orchids. So can you just, for our listeners out there and our orchid lovers, just let us know a few of the rare orchids that you've got on display here at Mingara? Well, we've got lots of bulbophyllums. Bulbophyllums is my sort of favourite genera. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also we will have uh, lots of dendrochylums, dendrochylums, mm-hmm. which is the upside down orchid. Oh, so and they all got beautiful perfumes. Well, the bulbophyllums haven't, but the dendrochylums and dendrochylums have. Uh-huh. We also got stelias, elias. Um, uh, we really close the weird and unusual and wonderful. We don't have many stambidiums or cattleyas or yeah. you know. You've got you've well, got things most, that are a bit bit different out there. Yeah, really, we like the very different. We've got a lot of miniatures. We got yeah, we, we just like the close, the weird and wonderful and rare. What would you say is the rarest orchid that you've got? Uh, Dendrochylum shiblii, which uh, sounds Latin to me. <laughs> it's actually named after me. Shiblii is my last name. Oh. And as far as I know, there's only two in the world. Did you discover this orchid? Yeah. Oh my goodness! I was gonna, I was gonna ask if you ever discovered an orchid, and there we go. I got two. My goodness. And when you discover an orchid, does that give you the opportunity of naming it after yourself? Does it? Does it give you well, a little? No, you can't. You can't name it. <laughs> you have to make a herbarium specimen uh-huh. and send it off to a, like a registered, like a government herbarium. Yeah. And then uh, botanists need to do um, proper description. Doctor Clement in Canberra uh, did it in conjunction. Um, with a botanist in Sweden who was working on dendrochylums at the time because it was ah. so rare. People were a bit, yeah, a bit concerned what to do with it. Now, listen, Hans, I'm just wondering, mate, is there money in make, in growing orchids today? Is it is it such that you can make a good living out of it? I trust you. No. I mean, I'd like, to copy, I'd like to copy your lifestyle, you see, and living up there on the mid-north coast no, appeals no. to me. No, you can make, you survive. <laughs> just you survive? survive. <laughs> you survive. It depends what, if you have a big production nursery, uh-huh. you can make money. Real small, it's just me and my partner, we do rare and unusual things and mm. we do what we like doing. 
you're in the game of being uh, more quality than quantity. Mm. So, you know, a really nice orchid from your um, crop. Is it a crop of orchids? Oh, what do we a, call it? It's a, would, a collection. A collection. <laughs> would, yeah, would, that's, if, the collection sounds better. That's better. Now, would, would you pay, would you ask, for example, $100 for one of your samples or... A thousand dollars, I mean. Well, now look, oh, a thousand dollars. I wish, I wish. <laughs> now, <laughs> now the, rare, the very rare ones, for example, they would bring a premium uh, look, price. Uh, we start at about fifteen dollars. Oh, that's okay. Right. That's Wally's rates. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, for for more more common, not unusual stuff. Right. And for the dental chylum shibli, I. We probably get seven hundred and fifty dollars, but that's oh, that. so we're heading towards a thousand bucks. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well that's that's like a painting, yeah, mate. They just keep going up in value. But it's not something that we we get, you know, many for sale. Sure, it's the plant one breed, so we only get a division every few years. You know, so it's not like there is lots of them. Mm, gotcha. But a lot, you get you get a very nice plant for around the $30 mark. Well, setting up at the uh, the Orchid Festival this weekend is not going to make you a wealthy man, but boy, you'll have some fun. Yeah, that's exactly right. Look, it's, it's a lifestyle, not the money. Well, I love that. What a lifestyle to be in amongst the orchids. Thank you so much, Hans. Hans is from Dark Star Orchids, and he's one of the vendors here at the Mingara Orchid Fair and Show this weekend. Thanks, Hans. Host FM, Pete Little and Cheryl and Darcy here on location for the Gardening Gang. Today we are at the Mingara Orchid Festival. Sherilyn, what a beaut day it is, and a gorgeous day inside here as well. It's wonderful. It's a bit chilly out there with that westerly breeze, but boy, it's nice. And I've got the T-shirt on today. I know, it's nice My and gardening warm. gang T-shirt, looking fabulous. Mm. Now, Mari's joining us now. Hello, Mari. Uh, Mari Bartlett is uh, the big cheese at the Mingara Orchid <laughs> Club. She is. And Mari, you are with us, I think, for the third time. I think the outside broadcast, we've had you at other locations before. That's and right. this is the biggest I've seen of the Orchid Festival. Yes. Would that be does. fair enough? It's Yep, it's increasing every year. Um, our, fl- our flowers or plants we've been uh, benching this weekend. We're just 13 down on last year. Yep. Um, weather impacting things that hasn't really done too much damage to us. So, yeah, and we've got uh, 21 vendors here from all over Australia selling plants and accessories. Mm-hmm. We've got bonsai, succulents as well, um, bromeliads and shade house, so you can buy a shade house and put all your plants in. Yeah. And in this other room here that I call the competition call room. the Tasman room. The Tasman yeah. room. All the 12 displays. Yeah. So they, so all of those orchids, have they all been in a show? Is that what the what's been happening here? Yeah, so they've all been benched. So different societies, um, individuals or groups mm-hmm. have done each of those displays. So, you know, you've got the societies come together um, from their membership and all put in their plants and have a design little group that like to work oh, together. It looks absolutely fabulous to Truly. a non-gardener, yeah. I've got to say, <laughs> Murray. Now, Murray, is, do you think the interest in uh, these particular plants, the orchids, is growing or is it stabilised here on the Central Coast area? What are your thoughts uh, about that? I think it's... Probably stabilised a little bit, but it's interesting how the general public seem to be taking it on more. Okay. Our societies are suffering a little bit since COVID. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a bit hard for people coming out or, you know, 
you know, it's probably a little bit of an older age group because by the time you get round to be able to grow these things, oh, it takes a bit of time. It takes that time, and yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, but certainly, like we're members of um, societies in Sydney, and they're growing down there. Younger Mm -hmm. people are coming into it, and yeah, we are getting a few younger ones here as well. Do you think that's the house plant craze that's pushing them into orchids? I think so. I think Mm. I, I, I think people. Probably since COVID have really, you know, they've looked within themselves and things that give them that pleasure. And I think gardening and mm-hmm. orchids and houseplants are certainly fitting the bill for them. Oh, they don't argue uh, with give, you, do they? They do not. <laughs> and they cooperate very well in soil around here. <laughs> exactly. Well, we don't grow orchids in soil, so... <laughs> oh, of course, I just realised that. Yeah, we do. It's something I've learned today. Yeah. Well, Sharon's training me in all this gardening Wonderful. stuff. There's a lot to learn, I've got to tell you. But it's not so much soil as... Uh, growing in um, bark. A variety, bark, bark and, and rockeries and rock, things like yeah, that. Yeah, stone, yeah. different media. We actually have our grand champion that's in there today. Um, it's actually grown in uh, perlite mm-hmm. and then I think called rock wool as yep. well. Okay. Um, like fiberglass. Yeah, that yeah that's wool? right. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's a byproduct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. Uh, so that chap doesn't have to repot. Too often, no, yeah, we all go years and years and years. <laughs> and as you can see, the plant that's in there, the specimen, thirty-two flowers. It's amazing. On that. It's yeah, exceptional. Yeah, well, but there's great. still some lovely specimens. Well, Murray, it's a great pleasure to be here today. Thank you for your hospitality, and uh, we Thank might uh, catch up with a whole bunch of people as the morning goes on. Right? Yeah, I'm sure you will. Very exciting. We'll you. Thank you for joining us. Back to Thank the classics, you. right here at Coast FM with the Gardening Gang this morning from Mingara. Maybe I love your way. Well, we're really loving the flowers here at the Mingara Festival. It is the Orchid Festival, the annual event that's held here on behalf of the Mingara... Uh, what do they call themselves now? The, the, the Mingara, Mingara Orchid, Orchid Club. Club, of course yes. it is, yes. And we're, they're so nice to us here, Cheryl. They are. They're such delightful people. And there's a big event all this weekend. It opens at 9 o'clock today here at the Mingara Club at Tumba Umba, right throughout the weekend. And the important thing is it's free. It is free, completely no free. Charge. No charge. No money will lose, leave your hand unless you want to buy something. Unless you want to buy a rare orchid or a little orchid. But you don't have to pay anything. You can just wander around and have a look at the champion room as well. <laughs> It's also the Five Lands Walk uh, event this weekend on the coast. There's so much happening here on the Central Coast. We've got the Five Lands Walk and we've also got this magnificent Mm. festival at Mingara as well. And in just a tick, we'll thank some sponsors who have been great supporters of your community station. Come back with a Phil Collins song. Coast FM, Pete Little and Cheryl and Darcy, it's the Gardening Gang for Saturday morning, based today at Mingara. It's time to talk orchids again. Again, we're all orchids well, today, Well, time to Pete. talk orchids to someone who comes up uh, to the Central Coast from the Old Shire, the Ooh, Heathcote area in Sydney. That's stomping ground. Yes, it one? is. Hmm. Now, Barbara Kipriotis is uh, heavily involved in the, uh, in the orchid place at Heathcote. Mm-hmm. Now, Barb, good morning and uh, welcome morning. to the Central Coast. Good to see you. Good morning. Thank you. Long journey. It would have been about an hour and a half, two, maybe two hours in the car. Yep. Uh, two 30, hours. 35 hours in the train if you get the connection <laughs> right. <laughs> with all the orchids. She's brought all the orchids with her. She's loaded. Yes. Yes, Barbara. I'm very excited about this because you're a family-run business, the Orchid Place down at Heathcote, and That's been right. in business for a long time. How long? 
my husband, 21 years, mm-hmm. but with dad, a previous 20 years, so about 41 years altogether. And what got your family into orchids? Oh, just, just very addictive. Dad just kept bringing them home. He'd bring one home and then he'd bring another home. <laughs> and eventually it overtook the dining table uh-huh. and then we had to move them outside and then it overtook the washing line, which meant mum didn't have anywhere to wash her cl- or hang her clothes. And it happened to me as well. It just, they just, it's a passion. Right. Now, look, as you can see, Pete's got this puzzled face. I've been hearing a pattern today, Sherilyn. People getting into the uh, into the business of orchids started quite small yep. and yep. Uh, the whole thing bloomed. And they get addicted. They yep. keep using they the word addicted. addicted. They do. What's the addictive quality, do you think, Barbara? I would have to say it's their beauty and nothing else. They're just absolutely gorgeous to look at. And sometimes they're fragrant, so you've got that attraction as well where you're looking for ones that have beautiful perfume. Mm. And then it's um, the ease of growing and the ease of flowering. Although they they seem like they're difficult to grow, with mm. just a few t- tricks and tips, they're mm. super easy. I'm familiar with the um, topography of Heathcote. My recollection when I was a Boy Scout, that's a fairly stony sort of uh, soil pattern. Has that, has that been a problem in that part of the world for growing orchids? No, not at all. A lot of orchids are lithotypes, so they grow on rocks or uh, in uh, rock crevices. Yep. They grow attached to trees. They grow in your garden bed if it's raised. Um, actually, that kind of topography is perfect for orchids. They're epiphytic in, in a lot of cases too. Well, that's something I've just learned. So do you see orchids as something that goes through fashions? Like are there different fads each year? Is there something like that going on in the industry? Yeah, definitely. Um, Being in it for so long, yeah, I've noticed that um, cymbidiums went out for a little while, but now they're back on in a big way. Right, okay. And so that's what's hot right now? Yes, very hot right now, cymbidiums. um, What What sort of colours are people going towards? Okay, uh, yellow, I'd say. Um, yellow and green are difficult to find too. So uh-huh. we've um, managed to grow a lot of greens and they're very popular. So yellow and green, yeah, definitely. And what's your top three tips for growing orchids for beginners particularly? Because we got a, get a lot of beginners coming to the Mingara Orchid Fair, wandering around, loving them. Or what not to do. <laughs> we've covered that too. To do? Yeah, so what, what, what are the orchid places tips? Uh, what not to do would be now that they're in bloom, you've really got to wait till they're open. So don't take your plant indoors into a warm environment until all the buds have opened and bloomed. Uh-huh. Often, quite often, if you take it from a cool spot outside and bring it into a warm spot inside, it creates um, a bit of bud drop and you end up losing a lot of your buds. So that's top, top tip for me for this week and this month. Mm-hmm. Um, until it gets a bit warmer. And then the other thing would be probably not to overwater. They don't like a lot of water. Yes. They like once a week water, very mm. thorough watering, but mm. never sit it in water and don't do it more than once a week, plenty. Right. And your favourite orchid, Barbara? My favourite orchid is the Cymbidium, most definitely. Uh, very, very diverse. You can get lots of patterning and spotting and um, deep colours and bright colours and big flowers and small flowers and pendulous flowers, the ones that hang over the side of the pot. They are glorious. Yes. So, Barb, do you spend most weekends, apart from uh, tending the the crop, 
uh, going to yeah. exhibitions or do you yeah. generally have uh, a bit of time to go down to the snowfields occasionally? <laughs> or no, 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 it's orchid-hearing. All I do is orchids from sunrise to sunset and then some. Sometimes <laughs> in the dark. Oh, I've got, actually, my husband has a headlamp that he puts on. <laughs> you guys are crazy. <laughs> yes, we're crazy. <laughs> well, look, after, look out fun. for Barbara. Barbara Cipriotis, he'll be at the uh, fair this uh, today and tomorrow. And tomorrow she'll be here at the Orchid and It was lovely talking to you, Barbara, and, and well done and congratulations on, uh, on uh, having a great successful business too. Yeah, thanks, Barbara. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Coast FM, this is the Gardening Gang from the Mingara Orchid Festival. The Gardening Gang today from Mingara Orchid Festival. Now, Victoria couldn't join us today at, at the show today. No. Um, what do you think we should uh, do? Give her an opportunity over the line, over the phone? Let's ring her. Okay. We'll ring her up now. Back to the phone. Victoria, you're back. Victoria, are you there? Uh, oh, hello. What, what's hot? Are you there? I'm here. How are you? Okay. Very good to hear from you on a Saturday morning. Mm. Uh, let's kick off with the what's hot around the nurseries of the world. But let's just do the Central Coast. Okay. What do you think uh, is hot right. stuff? Well, let's start with something exciting. Burbank and Erina have got one of my favourite indoor plants. Bathophil and Picasso. Ooh. It's a variegated take on the humble piece, Lily. It's absolutely gorgeous with this beautiful white variegation. Mm. Forest's Beach Garden Centre have a gorgeous array of lavenders, which include the Queen, Winter Lace and Fairy Wings. Lee Rowan's Garden World and Rimba are having their end of financial year sale. Go and save on selected pots, plants, decor, giftware and pavers. And if you're after Gracilla Slender Weaver Bamboo, head to Noraville Green because they've got it in 300ml pots on sale and they're four plus metres. And take it from me, these are a really big hot deal. That would be. They make good hedges. They're good ones. I, I like those. Hot, hot, hot. Look at your uh, sign of approval. They have my stamp mm, of approval. A stamp of approval. Little, yes. Wonderful. Well, thanks. Now let's go on uh, find out what's hot at the Narara Valley Nursery. All right. Well, speaking of bargains and hot in our garden centre this week is our 75% off 250 mil golden cane palm. They're tall, lush and green, and we've got plenty. Are they easily transferred to local winter soil conditions? Will that work okay? Mm. <laughs> Sometimes they do turn a little weird, like, brownish colour on their leaves because when frost gets them, but they recover pretty quickly, the golden canes. They're pretty tough. Okay, that's good news. Now, Vic, uh, tell me this. Uh, what is not so hot in the gardening world at the moment? Well, not hot. We know that insect damage is not hot, and we know fungal diseases are not hot. Oh, and we ugly. Know yeah, very ugly, though. And if you've got all three invaders, that's super not hot, but don't run out and buy three separate products because we've got cells trifend and it'll knock insects, mites and fungus all on its head. Ah. Well, there you go. I like that. Knock those she knows bugs everything. on the head. <laughs> um, well, Vic, being a Saturday morning, we haven't done this for a couple of weeks now because you've been away or you were either there Overseas, checking out the scene over in Europe, and I mm. sort of applaud you for that. Uh, but we're not going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the fact that we have to get our fact or fib game back online because people are missing it. Victoria, let us yes. introduce the mighty fact or fib game. It's the gardening game with Sheldon, Pete, and Victoria. Yay! 
Yay! Playing along Woo-hoo. at home as well. Coasties, and I've got the scoreboard up here. Is it a botanical fact or is it a fib? We're here with all the orchids today, so I've got an orchid story for you. They look so amazing, don't they? Now, I'm going to just say, you know, sometimes when you have a look at food photographs, food photography, it looks so amazing. But then when you go and get the food, it doesn't look so good. Like pizzas, you know, you get those frozen pizzas. Oh, my gosh, it looks good. They use UV light in the lighting to make the pizzas look good. Or even inside pizza shops, not all of them. I'm sure there's some good ones. Well, there is an orchid, an Australian native orchid called the donkey orchid. All right. And they've mm-hmm. found out that this donkey orchid coats itself in a UV solution to make its colours look more appealing to native bees so that they can come and pollinate them. What? No, hang on. Bees don't pollinate donkeys. Donkey. Oh, no, sorry. <laughs> donkey orchid. It's the name of the orchid. It's huh? the name of the orchid. I've gone to yes. sleep here. Okay. So, it, so it's got bright colours, but to make itself look even brighter, it covers itself in a UV solution. Crazy idea. Okay, so yep. that the sunlight goes on there and the and the colours look brighter. Is that a botanical fact or is it a fib? Well, Vic, uh, this to me sounds very mysterious, but you may like to venture a response. Well, can we ask a question? What is the UV solution that it covers itself in? It's just a UV solution that it makes itself. It, covers, some sort of it makes it itself. It makes a yeah. UV solution, it, it, a solution it, that it covers itself. Self-producing with. sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. that's uh, it. Okay. Right. Yep. Okay. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to lock in false. Okay. Well, uh, I'll have to go on the counterpoint there. So I'll say it's a true fact. It's false. Half true, okay. Half true. Scientists use a UV solution <laughs> to have a look <laughs> to see what it is about these donkey orchids that make it so popular. And what they actually found was very, very interesting. What they found was that the donkey orchids make their colours look like the native pea flowers so that the native bees actually go, oh, I think this is a pea flower because it kind of looks like this and they go over there and pollinate it. Yeah. Uh, Vicky, I think that was a crap one today, don't you, Vicky? Yeah. <laughs> I think we can do better I'm than a that. Bit, I'm a bit rusty, sorry, because yeah. we have been we have been off yeah, for a couple of weeks. We'll look forward to a better one next week. All right, I'll try In harder. the meantime, thank you, Vic. What's hot? Have a what's hot weekend at Narara. Have a good day. Bye. Thanks, Vicky. All the best now. There's Vicky. Vicky White. She's the What's Hot Girl. Every right. Saturday morning here at Coast FM from... Narara Valley Nursery. Classic hit. Coast FM 963. The old Credence Clearwater Revival. Up, up and around the bend. Only minutes to go before the grand opening here at Mingara of the Mingara. It will be annual Mingara Orchid Festival and Fair. Nine o'clock, the doors open. I'm excited. It's a free opportunity to see some magnificent orchids from all around Australia. I think some from overseas too. There are lots from overseas, lots from local, all over the place, as you said. And you can get into the Champions Room, the Tasman Room, and see all of the amazing orchids here on show. Including the Grand Champion. Oh, it's amazing. It's so good. And just about fell to her knees when she I saw did. that this morning in the preview. She almost prayed to the god of orchids. I did. Is I'm there amazed. A, a patron saint of orchids? Uh, probably. It's an orchid or something. Saint like orchid. Whatever it is. <laughs> We're here for another hour next uh, uh, after nine o'clock this morning hmm. with more from the orchid festival, including some new people to talk to that uh, they've uh, organised for us. Yep. Meantime, you're right at home with the gardening gang. Coast FM nine six three. 
gardening gang today from Mingara Orchid Festival. Hush and Hets right here at Coast FM 963. They're the dynamic hypnotics in Australian band. And uh, the beat is all on one street today. It is. Here we are at Mingara. It is the Mingara Orchid Festival and Fair. Now, there's a club called the Mingara Orchid Club. Mm-hmm. And there's the El Presidente, Steve, Steve Dunstan. And he, we just found him. We did. He's been buried under all these plants and looking after <laughs> people's issues. G'day, Steve. Good to see you, mate. Hey, Pete. Now, this is our third, I think we worked it our third time here or working yes. with you guys on the Orchid Festival. I think we started off some years ago at Mingara. Sorry, at uh, Narara. Yeah. And, boy, that club of yours is doing well, mate. It is jumping, isn't it? You know? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. You're attracting people from all around the world uh, to display this weekend. Yep, and we've got plants from all around the world. There are, well, you've interviewed Hans, who's come from all around the world as well. Yeah. But, um, yeah, there's, there's visitors coming. We've had emails from people who are coming just to Australia for this show. So uh, um, the yeah. gates open at nine o'clock, and the doors open at nine o'clock, and they just absolutely flooded in. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I thought, mate, it was like a David Jones sort of Boxing Day sale. sale. It was. It was, <laughs> and they had baskets and trolleys, and the excitement was amazing. It's and they're still trickling in now. Yeah, as they well. are. Yeah, very yeah, much. By the time so. they you know uh, register in the club, they right. get through, and then they come down to us. Yeah. How many people involved in the your club, your uh, club, Steve? As a, as membership, as members, yeah. I think currently we've got 120 members oh, on the, on the yeah. books yeah. for here, mm-hmm. and a lot of us here on the coast. So we support all the all the different clubs as well. But but Mingara being the Orchid Society being the, the largest club, mm-hmm. and great venue here to meet at as well. Now, I did ask you earlier when we were walking around, why are there other plants like bromeliads here? This is an orchid festival. What do you think? And more, the bonsai. A little bit more uh, generous in your in your appreciation of other plants, are you, or what? Well, thanks, Pete, for diving me in. I, I, <laughs> yes, of course, in a, in a relationship, not everybody likes orchids, but everyone likes gardening, as, mm-hmm. as the gardening gang would know. So, um, you know, if, if the hubby is into orchids, well, the wife or the partner maybe into broms or succulents or bonsai or whatever so and indoor plants so we cater for the partners who aren't into orchids oh that's but we're only seeing a grand champion orchid here this weekend oh we we are is there a grand champion bromeliard no 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 we only we only uh judge the it's being an orchid show Indeed. We do cater for non-orchid people. <laughs> you like that? A non-orchid, a non-orchid person. person. I don't know. We're just a gardening person. person. I, I think you like roses, I'm a rose well. girl myself. Can I we don't let the rose people in, Steve? Yeah, no, we, we won't allow them. <laughs> oh, no. They're too spiny. <laughs> oh, we're too spiny. We're too prickly. That's us. <laughs> Steve, you're one of the judges here. Are you the main judge? You guys no, no, I'm, I'm the secretary of our Hunter and Central Coast panel. Right. So we have a have a, a structure, but quite a few of our panel judges were here, and we had about eight or nine from Sydney came up and judged to as judge well. To judge this room out behind yeah, us yeah, here with yeah, all of these yeah, orchids. Yeah. So what makes a champion orchid? All right, so it's a matter of, of assessing the orchid, mm-hmm. and we every plant in there gets looked at out of 100 points. Huh? And the most important thing is uh, is the shape of the orchid mm-hmm. and the colour of the orchid. Mm-hmm. So some orchids just stand right out, but it's the quality of the colour. Right. So you might happen to like red or green or purple. Mm-hmm. It's that quality. So, you know, with roses, for example, yes. 
some roses are very thin. Um, you mm. can see through them. Mm. You get less points for that. But if you've got something that looks a bit like plastic, really mm. thick, yes, that gets more points. Oh, I'd that say like velvet. I'd say, yeah, yeah, so. I'd say like velvet or silk or something. Yeah, know? so they're the two. Yeah. The colour and the shape are the most important. Yeah, okay. And because orchids are made up of a number of different species from mm-hmm. around the world, some are very small, as you saw, yes. and some are, are very big. Mm-hmm. So we, as a judge, we have to know the genera and the species that that fits within a hybrid. So therefore, you're not trying to say, oh, that's a small orchid, it's only an inch across, and there's something that... That might be its nature. Oh, that's what it is. But it may be a top-quality orchid, so you don't panelise it in points, Mm -hmm. being being necessarily small. Do you get too many that uh, you put the big F next to, the big failure? (laughs) Not at this show. No way. (laughs) They have quality. Everything's quality. (laughs) I yeah, delicate decisions like, sorry, oh, you failed. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> but we no. also, though, we never fail anybody, but we also want novices and new members to want to show off all their hard work that mm. they've put in for 12 months. Oh, they call those the encouragement awards, oh, don't they? Well, no, no, it's, it's a hobby. <laughs> and we want everybody to, to bring to their orchids along. It. No, it's, it is amazing. And a very supportive club as well. So if anyone on the Central Coast wants to come along to the Mingara Club itself, so if I'm a complete beginner, say I don't know anything about orchids, am I welcome and, and how do I get into the it? The orchid club you mean? The orchid yeah, club, yeah. yeah. And, and before or actually it used to be before our main meeting on that second Monday okay. of the month but we actually now make it an important part of our meeting is mm-hmm. to have a be- beginner section. Right. So, and it allows the long term members to actually show the new members yeah. that this is how we how you need to improve or things that you may mm-hmm. want to do. Share their knowledge. But right. they're but the new people are actually part of the group. They're not oh we're not running a beginners right, class. Just in yeah, there. and, and they're no, they're actually part of the group. All right, and I'm not only us old timers learn something all the time. Yeah, there's a lot of yeah, yeah, there's yeah, a lot of new it's, it's young wonderful. people want to do it. And that, yeah. and when's the club running? When can people come? Yeah, on the first month uh, sorry, the second Monday of every month here at Mingara. Yeah. At yeah, what time? At at, at um uh, 7.30. Right, excellent. 7.30 making this up. No, I'm no, no. no. <laughs> I'm always here early. So it's I've got a new hobby yeah. for I'm getting a new hobby yeah. for you, Pete, because you like them. So And <laughs> I just would like to acknowledge, though, the yes. other clubs on the Central Coast mm-hmm. who make this a big event as well. So right. the Central Coast and Lakes Orchid Society, uh-huh. the Symbidium Society, the Gosford Orchid Society, and Pete's favourite, the Australasian Native Orchid Society. <laughs> he likes bon, bon. Yeah. Yeah. Well, mate, that's lovely to talk to you today again, Steve, and we'll catch you again next year no yes, doubt yes yes absolutely bigger and better well, orchids are here to stay no doubt about it yeah. all weekend at Mingara yeah thank you so much Thanks, for Steve. Uh, welcome, Steve. Steve is the president of the Mingara Orchid Club here at Coast FM with the gardening gang this morning Coast FM, Pete Little and Cheryl and Darcy with the Gardening Gang this morning. And uh, Paulie Mack joins us with our brand new segment. This is episode two, all about food. Hey, Paul. Good morning. Good, Good to morning, see you, mate. Paulie. Thank you for having me back. Very well received. We want to talk about something in the uh, restaurant game, which is, uh, I know, akin to something in your particular heart that you've got that beats, beat, boom, boom, boom. It does boom. beat. Deep and down. it's all about waste. Oh, mm. yes, yes, yes. Now, the gardening gang is all about producing mm. and the restaurant trade is often about disposing of leftovers. Yes. I have a lot of leftovers that go into my compost. Well, that's a good start. And But I'm just wondering, mm. what do all these restaurants do? They must have, I mean, they don't all have compost bins. They must have a lot of waste, Paulie. Mm, across the board. I mean, not, not just food waste. 
cardboard, plastic. It must start back in the markets because you're buying your produce generally from the Sydney markets. Mm-hmm. They're huge. Mm-hmm. Mm. What becomes of the, the waste that's produced in that environment? Well, the waste uh, isn't always managed very well. I've seen a fair amount of waste that just is mixed and it goes into the, into the ground. Really? Yeah, okay. unfortunately. And look, mm. we, uh, I don't think it's never, never been around saving money. So the, the, mm. the restaurant game is interesting because, in theory, what you do is you, you buy produce and then you prepare it and then you let it sit in the fridge and wait for someone to buy it and then it slowly loses value. And then, invariably, if it's not sold, it goes in the bin. I've heard of this guy called the, the soup... I said the soup mm. Nazi last week. It wasn't a soup Nazi. <laughs> no. I've heard of, I've that, heard of that guy. TV show. I've heard of that guy. And uh, it was the soup guy. The soup daddy. Do you, know, do you know, Peter? You're just playing. I think Paulie Mac is the soup daddy. Well, it's like my alter ego, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on a Monday. Now, this is Monday. a great story, Paul, because, nice, you know, you've gone to great lengths uh, because of the experience you've got in how to overcome some of the problems created by... The waste at the markets. Tell us a story. Mm. Well, it started, I was working for Sydney Markets and I was working on making their food truck lines smaller. Mm. So I was trying to introduce the concept of not cooking to order in a food truck. And so what, let me try and explain is that when you go and order your hamburger, let's say, for example, they go, thank you very much, and then they start to cook a hamburger. Mm. Well, that takes eight minutes. But what you can do is plan using data that you've collected that at 11 o'clock you're going to sell three hamburgers and then at 12 oh, you'll sell five. Right. So you can remake. No, not really, but you can no. plan ahead. So you can cook a little bit ahead of the curve. Okay, right. Um, and you can... You a bit can, like being uh, on the sausage oh. line at Bunnings on a Saturday That's morning. That's right. Yeah. If they had to cook... If they took the sausage out of the fridge when you ordered it, you'd, you know, you'd be <laughs> flat-packed in a way before... <laughs> yeah, maybe That's at right. home building your stuff. That's right. So what, what I did notice is that when the produce market would finish and the food trucks were queuing to come in, what they would do is essentially get a, um, a tractor and they would scoop up all of the cardboard and cauliflowers and stuff and just whack it in the bin. And I was like... Oh, oh ready for the waste truck. Like, no. So I approached them and I said, hey, listen, if we can get this food waste out of your hair for free, what would that look like for you? They were like, thank goodness, that'd be great. Save me some money. Mm-hmm. Anyway, then we had to kind of work out what we're going to do with all these cauliflowers, <laughs> all these hundred cauliflowers, and, they, you know, they wouldn't fit in my car. So we worked out a kind of reverse supply chain where people who were going to the markets would bring stuff back on the coast and in my little commercial kitchen... We made soup, and I, I made good soup, and mm. I, I enjoy it, and it's fun. Mm-hmm. And I can, you can make soup out of anything, and make well, it, yeah. and make it wonderful. And soups just need a pot and a burner. That's and all away you, you go. And so, mm-hmm. so we, um, we delivered soup, and it's five years ago, and we've been doing it ever since. So delivering soup, you mean giving yeah, away soup we, or selling yeah. soup? No, no, we were giving it away, but we still are giving it away. We make, um, we make it on a Monday afternoon, and my kid. And this is an, the important thing too. Um, it's it's more about f- me and it's about my kids and they understand that firstly you don't waste anything mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know everything goes in the, in the pot so we'll make a chicken stock or vegetable stock every week and it goes in the fridge and then on a Monday we'll make soup together as a family mm-hmm. and then we'll drive it as a family down to Cable Park where there are families there that don't have what we have so right. the, you know the kids are living in the car and they this might be the only hot meal they have all day. 
And not only it makes me feel a little bit better about... Yeah. It also teaches my kids that there's more to life than just the, your little bubble. Yeah. So I, this is the first time I've heard about this uh, yeah, soup kitchen just around the idea. Yeah. Just as a cro- yeah, in and the, the soup guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we have we have lots and lots of local businesses that uh, coordinate to donate, and there are some um, not for profit guys that help make it work. We have a hairdresser. We have Orange Sky Laundry down there. Ah. We have Pass It oh, On wow. Clothing. Right. Okay. So if you're struggling and you need a haircut, you need to wash your clothes, you need something to eat, you need someone to talk to Course. about mm. the things that are bothering yeah. you, you know? Okay. Like, we're all wonderful. wonderful. So, Paulie, this is yes. Monday nights. At what time? It's uh, I deliver there about 5.30, I think. Mm-hmm. So I think they set up a service about 6. And they're all across the coast. One of the things I really wanted to do was to get the restaurants involved, you know? Like, right. I, I'm first-hand, you can see the amount of wasted food mm. uh, on a commercial level that goes in, in straight in the garbage. And there are people, you know, Ronnie Khan and, and One Harvest and Second Bite and Woolies and Coles are doing, doing something towards mm. it. <laughs> if you are a restaurant on the coast and you could help out with Soup Daddy, sure. uh, where can they contact you? I've been saying Soup Guy. It's Soup you Daddy. You have. It's Daddy. Uh, He's soup the Daddy, Daddy of hey, Soup. Daddy. Okay. Where yeah. can they contact you, Well, they can, they can always find me at um, polymac.com. I'm, I'm there. That's my space. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, um, yeah, if you, if you want to help out, that'd be... We would, or you can contact us here at Coast FM as well and we can put you in contact with our lovely new foodie chef guy as well, Paulie Mack, so that you could help out and divert that waste. Oh, that people need warm soup. Well, it's all about food every Saturday morning here with Paulie Mack. Thanks for joining us again, mate. We'll catch you next week. You will. Okay. Brilliant. Coast FM with the Gardening Gang. Gardening Gang here in Coast FM 963 for a Saturday morning. Pete and Sherilyn, thanks to our sponsors, Alan Graham's Caravans and RVs at Wyoming, and also Doormaster Security Doors and Windows. That song we played, Sir Duke, mm-hmm. is uh, Stevie Wonder, a tribute to Sir Duke Ellington. I also saw one of the champion orchids here called the Sir Duke as well. Oh, so how, how about that? Yes, we're here at the Good Orchid segue. Festival at Mingara. It's an annual event. It's huge this year. Oh. People everywhere and absolutely free to attend right throughout the weekend. Now, we've got uh, in the um, future, mm-hmm. well, I said the future, the next couple of minutes, talked to a gentleman here at the uh, festival who has a specialisation of testing for viruses for orchids. Yeah. How fascinating is that? Yeah, well, maybe. We'll I don't out. know. We'll, yeah. we'll find out what it is. It's fascinating. <laughs> After this on Coast FM. The gardening gang are on the road. Where are we going, Sherilyn? To Floriard in Canberra to broadcast the Coast FM Gardening Gang Show live from Australia's biggest floral display, September 22nd to 24th. Count me in. Everyone can join us. Get on board. It's a fully escorted tour over three exciting days, including additional garden visits, accommodation and most meals. And who are the escorts? We are, Pete. If you'd like to join us, hurry and book now. Call Palmer's Tours 4325-8000. The Gardening Gang today from Mangara Orchid Festival. Always good to hear the old Fab Four on the Gardening Gang Saturday morning with Pete and Sherilyn. We're here today at the Mingara Orchid Festival and Fair. Joining us now is a chap called uh, Steve Barry. Uh, sorry, Scott Barry. Yeah. And Scott, <laughs> good morning. Good morning. Good to see you. Now, we're pre-prefaced on the radio the fact that you do testing 
of uh, these uh, beautiful plants for viruses. Yes, we do. Now, is this something that uh, occurs a lot in uh, this particular flower? Uh, it's not unusual, but it's not like they're inundated with viruses. It's just to get the occasional one. Not a pandemic. No, it's not a pan. <laughs> not a pandemic level. That's well said. Nice one. Are they different viruses than your regular house plants or garden plants get? Uh, no, they do come across. Okay. So there's one that gets in tomatoes. It also gets in cymbidium orchids. Right. So this cross contamination can happen. Okay. And what are these viruses called? So there's one called Odontoglossum ring spot. Right. So they make a lovely round circle on your leaf, and that's oh, a good indication. Okay. And there's one called Cymbidium mosaic virus, and that's the one that's also in tobacco and tomatoes. I've heard of that. that that's a bit scary. So are these viruses fatal if we find them? No. No, they're not. Your plant can go on for a long time with the virus, but it can spread and it has an impact on the way the plant grows and the way it flowers. So you can get some nasty marks in your flowers. You might have a nice white but it'll end up with black streaks all through it in time. Oh, that wouldn't look good if you had a nice no. moth orchid or something. Is your this. background in science of plants, Scott? No, just a crazy orchid guy. Oh, okay. So the orchids came first. Yes, The yes. science of orchids came second. Kind of came with well, it, yeah. Came with it. Of course yep. it does. Now, you're based here on the central coast. Yep. I look at your very handsome card here mm-hmm. at Burrita Orchids. Um, they're at uh, Kalmira. We are. Yep. Do you live up there? Yes, we do. Live on the farm. How cold is it in the morning at the moment, mate? Uh, seeing we're on radio, I can't tell exactly how cold <laughs> it was. How about genuinely cold? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I can understand exactly what you're saying. You're not quite down to frost yet, are you? Well, we did have some frost through the week. You are. Mm. Yeah. You are seeing a few frost up on the mountaintop. Mm. So That's how are you handling the orchids there with the frost? We have a fantastic greenhouse. Mm-hmm. So we're a football field undercover. Wow. And they nicely insulated. Not that they, orchids need it, but yep. from a point of view of a professional, mm. we need to produce a flower and a plant that's top quality. No breeze, no frost. Right. And I've noticed that people are coming up to... You don't have orchids on display here. You're doing something a little bit different. So virus testing? We are virus testing here, yes. So if there's a weird leaf that's got a mark on it or something like that, this is the place to bring it. When, so, for a small fee, we for will a small test fee. it. <laughs> so if I, oh, okay, so if we're sitting here listening at home going, I tell you what, that spot looks a bit sus on my well, orchid. you can bring your spotty flowers. Hang on a minute, I've got one. Spots on my hands, does that help? No. no. I you guys wear gloves when you're doing the testing? Yeah. Is that to avoid contamination? We don't want to cross-contaminate. Okay, yeah. right. Mm. So every time you do a new plant, you dispose of the old gloves, new set, away That's you right. go. Yep. Okay. A bit like Please, a chef. Yeah. Or a doctor. Yeah. Or yeah, a doctor, like it. indeed. Oh, I love yes, it. Indeed. It's very good. Well, it's all very scientific here with the uh, testing of these orchids. Um, Scott, I hope you have a fabulous weekend. You're stuck indoors. I'm going outdoors. I am, unfortunately. It's a beautiful day out there. Lots of fishing to be had. I've already missed my son's soccer game. Mate, it's all... These are the price of orchids. Exactly. A lot of orchids. It's all for the orchids. (laughs) Okay, Scott, good to see you, mate. Have a great weekend. Thanks for joining us here. Thank you. On the gardening gang this morning. Coast FM 963, Pete Little and Cheryl and Darcy. And uh, we've had a great morning today with uh, our Orchid Festival. Yes. At Mingara. It's been absolutely fantastic. We've met some wonderful people and wonderful orchids. But Tanya, our pet vet, couldn't make it today. And every expectation of coming along. Now, Tanya, good morning to you. Good morning, Tanya. Oh, good morning. Now, Tanya... Sherilyn's got great concern about some toys she saw mm. in a local store for animals. I'm sure they were for animals. Um, <laughs> well, they were, were they? Yes, they or were just for, for kids? animals. They were for pets. No, they were for pets. That's and I'm you had concern about their safety, did you? 
But I'm just concerned, Tanya, about the safety uh-huh. of some of these toys. Is there some sort of, you know, government body that rates them? Because these toys all had a rating on government them. Government body? No, because they did. They had number one, number two, and I'm telling you, they were at Kmart, all right, and then up to number five. And they did d- describe why. They said this one's for gentle players, this one's for... Hard Next, players. you want a health rating on the food as well. You know, <laughs> one star, three stars, four stars. No, but I just wanted to know because I worry. <laughs> I worry about it. So, how can I make sure that the toys for my are sailor suitable. boy or the things that are or suitable safe. for our pet? It's a, that's a really great question. As far as a Kmart toy rating, I, I can't. I can't help you out there. I, oh. I don't know. I imagine it is a strength rating. Um, no, I've seen the warning. It says no animals have been hurt in the making of this product. <laughs> or the test. Oh, that's a cosmetic. That's dog toy. That's cosmetic. That's cosmetic. Use that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> just sit back and shut up. Yeah, you be quiet now. Okay. <laughs> you know, whether the old Kmart brand does the same strength testing, yeah. I... I mean, I highly doubt. It would be nice. Yes, I, I. some of these ratings, the number five was for, they said aggressive dogs. Now, I, I was going to bring this up with Kmart. I didn't like it. It says, for aggressive dogs. I mean, my dog's not aggressive, but he's rough with toys. And then I looked at some That's of these. aggressive. No. And I looked at some of these and I went, oh, no, that, look, he'd have that. That'd be pulled to pieces in five he's seconds. He's very aggressive. He's, not, <laughs> he's Exactly. Yes. Would you agree, Tanya? He's aggressive. I would put him in the aggressive oh, he's stage. Not, he's Way a, up there. He's a boxer. Boxer dogs are... Muzzle him. Muzzle him. Oh, no. no. He's a boxer. Do you know what? He's my cuddle bully. I call him that. He, he bullies people for cuddles. That's what he's like. So, anyway, back to the toys, Tanya. There's another toy that I saw there. Now, this is the one that really blew my mind. So, my friend's got a puppy. There was a teddy bear... And it had an electronic heart inside it, and it was for puppies. So that when you brought your little puppy home, it could lie on the teddy bear, and I think it warmed up as well. And it had a heartbeat that ma- that was the same as an adult dog's heartbeat, so the little puppy would be happy. Like, is that necessary? Well, oh, no. <laughs> I, I don't... I don't know that it's necessary once you're bringing your puppy home. So, mm. you know, a pup should come home at, at eight weeks, but no earlier than eight to 12 weeks, mm. okay? So perhaps not necessary, but they are necessary when, you know, perhaps you are hand-raising young pups, you know, if their their mother has died or their mother oh. is unable to suckle them. Um, yeah, look, they're, they're a good... <laughs> yeah, get me away! <laughs> You know, if you've got a week old puppy that you have to bottle feed, okay. something like that is actually perhaps not so much for a toy, but is actually very soothing. Um, you just need to be very careful and make sure you get a good, a good quality product because mm. you don't want something that is, is going to get too hot. And obviously, mm. you need to be, you just need to be careful. I'm just thinking about the the guarantee on these things. Do uh, the major stores offer a lifetime guarantee on animal toys? No. Nothing at all. No, not, not I know from, I've no never way. tried to not take it. Not even a week. Oh, look, Sailor's gone through things like, I mean, in minutes, I've just gone, oh, that was a bit stupid, wasn't it? <laughs> the thing that's last in... particular brands, you know, a brand like Kong, yeah. um, they're very, very, very strong. Pricey as well. Yep. But, um, you know, you can get, I think, certain colours. Um, mm. Perhaps like a black, for example, is for, for dogs with very, very strong jaws. Um, mm. So, I, I look. I would recommend them because you don't want a toy 
Like some dogs will just rip, rip a toy to shreds and leave it, but some dogs will rip a toy to shreds and swallow and it. it up, and that's yeah. when you're gonna, yes, yeah, that's, what I that's worry when about. you're going to get yourself into trouble because mm. you know mm. a bigger breed might poop it out and it might be okay, but small one you never extracted yourself, of course. Yeah. <laughs> well, not pleasant. Well, it could it could get it could get stuck, you know, and you know where would it get stuck? Yeah, <laughs> it could get it, stuck it could get stuck in abdomen. Yeah, look, it could get stuck in their tummy or in their intestines or, yeah, look, even in in their bottom. It could get stuck in their bottom, which is very uncomfortable and they may have to go in and have an enema. Come here, you. We're going for an enema today. (laughs) (laughs) Fortunately, they don't understand what's happening until it's happening. (laughs) And, you know, I shouldn't just say smaller dogs. It can't happen to bigger dogs. It can happen to any size dog. Mm. And, you know, depending on what is happening, anywhere from the throat down to it, – it can get trapped. And, you know, that that can be pricey. It can be deadly. A friend of mine is um, a, a local a local vet, and she she did surgery on a cat. It, this particular cat loves playing with hairbands. So, no, the cat probably presented with um, – you know, it was unable to go to the toilet, mm. and, like unable to poop and un- unable to, uh, and it was vomiting and off its food. And she opened it up and it had, oh gosh, from the photo, it looked like, I don't know, maybe 10 to 15 um, hair ties, oh, like hair elastic tummy. in its gut. Oh yeah, because it had, it had eaten, or probably in its test, intestines, of it had eaten just all these hair ties it was playing with. Yeah. It wasn't a white <laughs> No, thing. it was a neatest size. Oh, it was okay. a neatest size, of course. But this cat was just playing with these, well, I assume, because a lot of cats love playing with hair ties mm, and, you know, and just swallowing them. The owner was probably like, oh, where's my hair tie? <laughs> yeah, where are they? Found. <laughs> yeah. Found them all. Yeah. Oh. Okay, well, I think we've got some good, uh, you know, ideas of uh, what to do with yeah, the toy yeah, issue. Yeah, yeah, being safe, mm, being safe. Okay. Thank you, Tanya. We'll catch you next week with more from the exciting world of the pet care. Yes. On Coast FM. Thanks, Tanya. Thanks, guys. Beautiful music there from Simon and Garfunkel right here at Coast FM. This is the Gardening Gang with Pete and Sherilyn Saturday morning. And we're at the Mingara Orchid Festival and Fair. We're homeward bound very, very soon, Sherilyn. Yeah. But meantime... You can join this magnificent weekend event today and tomorrow. Absolutely free. It's absolutely free at the Mingara Recreation Centre at Tumbi Umbi. You can come in and check out all the vendors from all over Australia and you can also jump into the competition room and see the grand champions as but well. beware, you may spend your money here on orchids <laughs> rather than entry forms. I tell you what, there's a lot of people that are filling up their baskets with orchids so around here. Someone's are dropping about $1,000 on one orchid. Would that be right? There are some that like that, but the vast majority aren't that price. That's the rare <laughs> ones, probably by Hans and a few of his friends. But they're, look, they're down to like $5 or $10 for some. Look at this lady walking up the stairs, Pete. She's got armfuls oh, of them. She's got <laughs> a security crazy. guard with her. She Wonder has. Why, my she God. Has. No, there's Plenty something stock for out everyone. There too. There's lots of Have a great weekend, Charlotte. I will. Catch you next week with the Gardening Gang. News next. Hello, I'm Winston.